Welcome to Makeshift, a Mishbacha podcast examining the shifting trends affecting our community. I'm Sarah Eisman, your host. We are back, and I am beyond delighted to introduce our guest today, the woman who needs no introduction. So excited to be speaking with Dina Friedman today. Dina is a certified Law of Attraction Life Coach, Demartini Method Facilitator, and she's trained in guided imagery healing. Dina is an international, well-known, inspirational speaker, and she runs the Dina Friedman Academy and a private practice in Beit Shemesh, where she helps women around the world improve the quality of their life in all areas, including marriage, parenting, emotional and mental well-being, and spirituality. And she gives classes on all these topics. And just recently, you, well, hasn't been that recent, you added a new class, Generations in Harmony. So excited to be hearing all about that. Welcome, Dina. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me. I'm thrilled. Let's jump right in. Tell us a little about your Chinuch journey. I mean, when back in the day when I was taking your classes, it was uh, how to get my two-year-old to get a bed on time. And now you're suddenly telling people, helping people figure out how to parent their married children. So tell us a little about that journey and how that's gone. So do you mean like my personal experience and my journey? We could touch on that and also really about how you've moved from giving parenting classes to teaching people about how to parent their marriage. Like what came up that made you think that this was something that needed to happen? I'm going to be vulnerable today. How about that? Okay. We love that. With my own experience. I've been giving parenting classes for 20 plus years now. I trained myself when I was 24 years old. I had three kids. My oldest was four. And I jumped into that without really thinking where it was going to take me because what happened was as I was parenting my children, I realized that I was breaking every promise I had made to myself, the kind of parent I wanted to be. (laughs) And so I wasn't keeping my commitment to myself. I had no idea how to do it. And so in absolute desperation, and it was back in the day when parenting classes were not popular in the firm community. And I went and I actually signed up to a training. I didn't even realize it wasn't even a parenting class. It was actually training parenting counselors. And that saved the day for me. And so that was the start of my journey. Today, in retrospect, I've been parenting Baruch Hashem for 30 years now. And I can just say that it's been the most humbling journey. But even more than it being a humbling journey for me, where I had to, you know, really turn inwards and recognize what I was doing and what these children were triggering in me and uh, trying to master uh, my behaviors and my reactions. And that was really a journey. But even more than that, it was really about learning how to let go of control and surrendering. Mm. And the reason why I want to bring this up here in relation to how I segued into parenting our marriage was because as I was journeying and my children were growing up, now, in retrospect, I realized that what was driving me really to get good at this parenting thing, and I didn't realize at the time that's what it was, but now I can see that, was that I kind of had this um, fantasy belief. It's fantasy because it didn't play itself out in reality, was that I was going to be the perfect parent. I was going to be able to help my children uh, protect them from all of life's challenges. So I'm going to create kids that are going to have perfect self-esteem, social confidence, um, total emotional, mental balance and health by being the perfect parent. You were just going to get the formula right, like just the right amount of this and just the right amount of that. Completely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And how did that work out for you? (laughs) 
that's why I'm here. You know? Uh-huh. You know, and I worked so hard. And I think that, you know, also my students and everyone, and really it was a shared journey, me and my and 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 my participants. We shared it. And I would tell them, I'm on here and I teach this to keep myself in life. Yeah. But I didn't realize that that was what I was wanting. It wasn't just about me being the perfect parent. It wasn't even about me producing the perfect children. In some way, it was part of my protection for my kids. Like, you know how we, we want to make everything good for our children? And there was this driving thing that I was just going to do it right so that they'll be able to function in the world and there'll be no more life lessons for them. Yes. So, yeah. I love that word, fantasy, because <laughs> that's... Uh... Yeah, it was really a fantasy. And what I want to say is, you know, Number one, to realize and appreciate that parenting is just one of the influences in our children's development and, and who they become. And I'm not even sure if it's the strongest influence. Uh-huh. You know, I'm thinking about it, but there's no question that we need to do our part. And really, you want to create a healthy environment in which the children will grow up in. Right. But there's so many other things that are influencing who they're becoming. That's number one, just to appreciate them and not take more responsibility on ourselves than that's true for the task that we're doing. And then the other aspect of it is everyone has life lessons. Even if I'm the perfect parent, it doesn't matter. So maybe I started them up higher on the mountain. I hope I did, but it doesn't make a difference. We come here to grow, to learn, to experience, and you don't save anyone from that. And our growth and experiences is through our challenges. That's what evolves us. It's almost as though the parenting is more about us than about our children. (laughs) Well, to some degree, for sure, in our personal growth journey, no question about it. I think our children are our biggest teachers. So that would be 100% true. But that's what led me then to go into creating Generations in Harmony. Mm -hmm. When I finally got that lesson, I've been parenting married children for 10 years. I brought Hashem have six couples at the moment. And when I was watching them, and there were struggles. And I was like, not even giving permission for them to have struggles. You're not supposed to have that struggle. I did this for you. I did that for you. You, you know, why is this happening? You know, like just to realize, to let go. And this is what I mean by letting go of control. Like I could have been the best parent. I wasn't the best parent, but I know that I put in a lot of effort. It doesn't make a difference. They have their journeys. They're here also to evolve and grow and learn. And I had to let go and let them have their life experiences. I'm just going to stop you for one second. I'm assuming that's where the word humble comes in when you talk about the most humbling journey. Um, You know, there's a certain arrogance of youth where we actually believe that we have that much control. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to follow the program. And not only am I going to turn out amazing kids, but they're going to have every tool they need to get through life and uh, completely almost even taking Hakkadu Sparkle out of the picture, like forgetting that he has a cheshbin and there's some journeys that they need to go on, some lessons they need to learn that are not about us. Yeah. You know, it's just their soul journey. And the best I can do is give them a foundation of love from which to go out into the world, but they'll have their challenges and it's got nothing to do with me. Wow. Got nothing to do with the kind of parent that I was. It's their own life experience. So letting go is really what inspired you to create the Generations in Harmony. Yeah. Well, that's what led me to say, okay, so how do we parent our marriage? Like, what's our relationship like? How do we view this? How do we support them? So two things that really led to it. So that was the broader picture, meaning if you ask me, what was my parenting journey? How did I get there? That was the journey when I let go and realized, okay, not creating public people. They're going to have their challenges. Okay. So that part was over. And then what I realized was that 
A, I was feeling extremely insecure parenting my marriage because I had no idea what were the rules of this new change in dynamics. Like, mm-hmm. where are the boundaries now? You know, you don't mix in, you do mix in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like everyone's saying something different. And, and suddenly I also realized, like I said, I'm going to be very vulnerable today. I also realized that, hey, I'm really caring about my kids' approval of me and love for me which I never realized before while they were children, but now they're adults. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was like, so part of the hesitation and the insecurity was like, I want to be a good parent adult to adult so that we're going to have a good relationship and they're going to like me. Like, you know, it was like realizing different sure. aspects of me that didn't come up when I'm parenting younger children. So one part was asking this question of what are the rules of this new game? And then the other thing was actually watching some of the challenges that they were going through and recognizing that if I would set them up, you know, having had 10 years of experience watching the young married in today's generation and the challenges, mm-hmm. if I could give them more information upfront of what's to be expected, what's normal, what's not normal, how do you get help? How do you solve your problems? What does autonomy mean? You know, what does that mean? What's it going to expect of you? And so if I would have more information to give them, I could set them up. Well, I guess that pound wanting to protect them is still there. Yes. <laughs> that never goes away, does it? <laughs> I can't actually do it for them. But what if I could give them information? And sometimes afterwards, you can't give them that information because mm-hmm. they're either not letting you in because it's private now and it's personal, or you don't want to go in because it is their life. Right but you might be seeing things, but you can do this kind of conversation up front. Right. That's what led me to create Generations and Harmony. So you talk about this new game. I'm wondering if there's also new rules. Are you feeling like the way we parent our marriage is so different than a generation ago? Um, so it's hard to say because I didn't parent them a generation ago, so I don't know what it looked like from the parent. But the way we were the way we were parented when we were married, yeah. I think what we expected in the relationship and what was supposed to happen, and I think what our children are expecting has changed, has shifted. Uh-huh. But everything in the parenting has shifted, and I think that's part of it. As a result of the parenting style my generation adopted, and, and I'm grateful that I was a part of that movement, as a result of that, I think we've created a generation that looks different than what we look like. Yes. One of the key differences that I think is coming up, and I do want to preface this with saying that this is not intended as a judgment, even though it might sound like it, but it's not at all, because I think that this is something that evolved over time. It's not something someone's doing or wanting or making, or it's a result that has been happening as life has been changing. Um, to borrow Brene Brown's term for it, she says, you know, this generation want fun, fast, and easy. Mm -hmm. And part of that is a result of us being overprotective to them and wanting to create an easier life for our own children. And part of that is because there really does seem, there's this illusion out there that you can get everything really fun and fast. You just press a button and here we are talking to each other from the other side of the world in one second, you know, and everything. It's just with the press of a button. And so there's kind of this idea out there that life should serve me up everything fun, fast, and easy. Mm-hmm. But all the meaningful things that we want in life don't follow that formula. It's not trendy today to do discomfort. We don't, I don't want to say we, but I'm saying the younger generation. It's like, that's not, you're finding the fun, fast, easy way. 
but actually everything that is truly important and requires investment, requires time and requires that we meet up with discomfort. Yeah. So I think that when we're watching our children, what has resulted in, and I know from many people across the spectrum have spoken about watching the younger generation, not having that level of resiliency and stamina that my generation is used to. Yeah. And this one's saying it's not a judgment. I'm not judging it. It's a result. Right. Let's talk about that a little deeper because I think the fun, fast, and easy is a piece of it. And I think there's another piece of healing. I think so many of the parenting decisions that our generation made were perhaps a result of trying to heal the intergenerational trauma that was passed on to many of us as a legacy from the war. So it came from a really deep place. And then, of course, there were consequences. And we could talk about that a little bit later. But what are your thoughts about that? You know, it's hard for me to to comment on that. I didn't enter it from that place because I think the parenting that I did once I went and because I started it very early, my oldest was four at the time, it was a very conscious decision. I agree that what motivated the decision was the thought that I'm going to do it better uh -huh. <laughs> and the result would happen, you know, following the Holocaust. And I was absolutely impacted by, mm -hmm. by that as a grandchild to Holocaust survivors. So could be that was the underlying motivation. Maybe collectively, is that what we were doing? Perhaps, sir. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there was a generational responsibility, a sense of, you know, a certain amount of brokenness that was passed down that our generation took responsibility for healing. And, you know, I know anyone who's taken any of your classes or studied any of your work knows that you are all about balance with the focus on benefits and drawbacks. So I do want to ask you, what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of some of these parenting shifts? Do you mean to the younger generation? Yeah. You know, as, as our generation kind of moved into the attunement and attachment, what was, I know you mentioned like resilience before, but what have been some of the benefits of that new parenting style and what are some of the drawbacks that you're seeing? Well, I think the benefits is, is I mean, hopefully the younger generation are more in touch with their inner voice and their truth and that they're able to align their decisions with their truth and set up a life that is in alignment. And then, of course, life is way more fulfilling when you do that. I'm not saying that's so simple, but we would hope that that would be one of the major results. The challenge, though, is going back to fast, fun, and easy. And even, you know, when we're checking in, do I like it? Do I not like it? You know, lots of things in life, certain results that you want, the journey you might not necessarily like, and you still want the results. And sometimes we throw away, oh, well, I don't like this, so I'm not going to do it. But then you're also giving up the results that you can get. And so, you know, when I think about myself and my own family that I created, Baruch Hashem, like if I would have been so attuned to what I was feeling and thinking at the time, I might not have the nice size family that I have today and that I enjoy and that I know today is very challenging for the younger generation to create. So on the one hand, they're more connected and attuned to their needs and their capabilities. But what we were able to do was do things even if we didn't like it, do things even if it was difficult. And, and that wasn't even questioned. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just what you did. So I think we need to learn from each other. I think our generation needs to learn how to do things easy. And I think that the younger generation needs to look to the idealism and the strengths and the drive that we had to create results, because it does take 
a level of strength and it can't just all be about how am I feeling about this? Mm-hmm. I'm saying in general, obviously, you need to be aligned, but yeah, be willing to do things even if it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. if you want the result. Yeah. So one of the drawbacks might be that this generation could really be missing out on some of the deepest pleasures of life if they're stopping when it gets uncomfortable. For sure. And then if I'm hearing you right, one of the huge benefits is that as they are more in tune with themselves, they're making choices that are hopefully more aligned and creating a certain harmony in their own lives. Correct. So let's take this to the marrieds. What are some of the major changes that you've observed in how people are parenting their marrieds? What are some of the issues that people are bumping up against? I think that we as parents in parenting our marrieds are still wanting to ease life for them and give them more support than what we, when we got married, it wasn't even a question, like, marriage was the cutoff. Now you're on your own, you know, and I left home, left the country and did the things myself in Eretz Israel with a husband in Kailal. And, you know, I did Barfashim get some financial support in the beginning, but it was not something that I could say I had security from. We had to create everything from scratch ourselves. And, and that was normal, right? It wasn't even, you know, you didn't applaud that. That was normal. I think today, and I can speak for myself as a parent, I know that I want to make life easier for my married kids than what it was for me. And so hence what happens is is that because that's what I want to do, that also becomes the norm and the expectation. And I don't think it's just me. I think it's... Right, it's the collective group of us, you know. That's yeah. That we want to give more support. You know, I want to be there for their births and... I would never have let my mother come into my boats. That was, <laughs> right. That was unheard of. Not even on radar. Uh-huh. But today, that's something that mothers and daughters can share and do share. And for me, it's a total gift that I get to do that. But it does mean more support, means more clothes being used, um, more involvement in the families. Um, I want it and it's tiring. And then it becomes also expected. Yes. Like, so parents should you know, bring their kids home for yontives, take them on vacation, uh, help them out in a financial bind, um, a lot of things that are kind of expected. And you know what it is? When I was giving it, it's like, I'm not trying to ease for them what was hard for me, but it wasn't, they didn't get to feel that. Right. And so it's not even like they're going, thank you, Mila, you're making my life so much easier because they don't even, it was my hard life that I'm making easier through them. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that that sometimes gets frustrating for us parents, and it's no one's fault, right? <laughs> it's just because we want to ease it for them. And then it becomes just the expected and, and the norm. And then sometimes our generation complains that, you know, there's such an entitled feeling, but hey, let's take responsibility for the part that we set up in it. Yeah. We can't expect our children to understand our sacrifices for them. For them, they're not thinking about it like that. That's such an excellent point. Like, how should they know? How should they know how hard it was? They really don't. And why their life is so much better compared to mine, but they went through sick. When my grandmother told me how lucky I am to eat because in Auschwitz, there was no food. And I'm like, what? Right. I, I'm not in Auschwitz. So what do you want from me? <laughs> you know? Right. For better or for worse, we don't look at food as this huge privilege. We just assume we're entitled to it. And uh, yeah, so I get everything. We just keep taking that up a notch of what's considered the standard. That's right. So I'm curious about boundaries. Like when you're talking about the mothers who are welcome at their daughter's births now, Is boundaries an issue that comes up a lot for you in this course that you're giving? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I teach is pre-marriage talks to the children. Mm -hmm. 
And we talk about how boundaries are going to shift. And I also talk about the new um, role that you play as the mother. So if as a mother of dependent children, you are responsible for them. As a mother of independent young adults, children, you're no longer responsible for them and you don't owe them anything. But you are seen and you can play the role. And again, you don't have to, but you can play the role as the supporter. So being a support versus being responsible, they're two completely different roles and expectations change as a result. And we explain how those expectations. Now, it's not automatic. The kids leave home and they're not making that distinction in their head that things are different now. But things are different. By leaving home and getting married, things are different. Boundaries change and responsibilities change. I teach mothers how to do this release. It's an energetic release where you're releasing all of responsibility to your child. You do it energetically. You don't necessarily say it to them. So that mothers let go so that there's no confusion and blurring in the boundaries. In other words, I, for example, I would say, I now release all of my responsibility of my finish to you. I'm no longer responsible for your finish. You are now responsible for all of your choices. And all your choices have consequences to them. And you're responsible for the choices and consequences. And I go through all the different areas. You're responsible for your physical well-being, all the choices you make, and all the consequences of those choices. You're responsible for your spiritual well-being, all the choices you make, and all the consequences. And you do a release like this, and that shifts the boundaries. So I go into depth on it. And then there's also a release from the children to the parents. Like I released my mother from all responsibility for me. And I now claim responsibility for myself. And that shifts the role from the parent being the responsible one to the child, to the child taking on responsibility. And now mother is a support. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about how to do that support. And so one of the really, really, I think one of the most important helpful tools that we have is something called creating policies. And when mother creates policies, what she's doing Whereas when you're parenting dependent children, whether you're tired or not tired, you've got to feed your child. You've got to attend to them. But actually, when your kids are married, your boundaries are to the limits of your emotional capacity, your choice that you have. And your desire, too, I guess. And your desire. Yeah. So in doing that energetic release and then becoming the supporter, I now have choice of how much I give and how much I don't give. And I create that for myself through policies. I don't have to redecide over and over and over again. So maybe I'll have a policy of how much financial support I give. And you don't have to. But if you decide that you will, what will it be so that it's clear to you, it's clear to the child? Or how many night, how many times a night we serve dinner, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear. Yeah. And how many times you invite them over and, and yams of how much you're giving and, and what you're doing. And then so that's one part of how the boundaries shift in a very clear way. This gives parents and children security. I'm so curious, when you go through this energetic release, do you find that the mothers are struggling with letting go of that responsibility? Do they understand that as they let go of their responsibility, they're also letting go of some of the control they had? Freeing themselves. They're freeing themselves, but they're also letting go of some of the control. Correct. But you know what? I think there was more people expressed appreciation that they had permission to let go Uh because at some point it's too much. It is too much. Like I explained to everyone, I thought that when I was marrying off my child, okay, there's one child less. And then what I realized was that every time I was bringing in another family that I now had to shepherd. Yeah. You can parent nine children. You can't necessarily parent nine families, right? No, that's the thing. Like (laughs) 
So no, people are very grateful. Was a relief. Everything becomes clear. So that's one aspect of the boundaries. And then there's the other aspect of the boundaries of when you can comment. So, you know, we either want to give advice and most to protect our kids. Okay. Or we want to ask questions. So, you know, I have very clear um, categorizing when it's appropriate, when it's not. It depends if it affects the relationship or if it's just their individual choice. It's got nothing to do with the relationship. And again, it makes it very clear and it's fair. And it's fair to everyone. Mm -hmm. Like also to the young adults, it's fair and it makes sense. Right. Did I answer your question about boundaries? Yes. Oh, yes, you did. You did. I mean, I imagine there, we could probably talk about this for hours, but we uh, we do need to wrap up. I'm wondering, is there like a send-off message that you want to give to our listeners? Yeah, maybe I'm going to say something that's going to sound kind of strange, but I think we need to pay attention. And if you're connected to yourself, I think you'll hear that there's some truth in this. And I think that the parents need to see their children as real and the children need to see their parents as real. And what I mean by that is parents that are parenting their married kids, they also have feelings, wishes, limitations, fears. They also want approval and love. And adult children aren't used to that because parents of dependent children, it's a one-way street. You're the giver, they're the receiver, but now you're adults. And if you want to relate adult to adult, you also have to stop a moment and realize that what you're doing is going to impact your mother. She has feelings, she has thoughts, she has wishes. And so see her as real, not just the mother who's there to provide and do and give, which she is and which she does with all her heart. Mm -hmm. But that's what you need to return to her so that there can be relationships. And parents need to see their children as real. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, because we grow up with our kids and for a long time, we know better than that. We do. I mean, we know better than a two-year-old. I should hope so. Or how else are we going to look after them? So for a long time, we know better than them. And then we also think we know them. But we know the version that we think we know them as. And when I say see them as real, they are now individuals and they do have their own preferences. They also have their wishes and hopes and fears and limitations. They also want to do life like you did life. Permission to try things out of the box. Permission to try and fail. Um, They want you to be proud of them. Even if you didn't think that that was the direction their life should take, they are still, they want you to be proud of them. and so. That's what I mean by look at them as real. Also, as people with thoughts, feelings, preferences, fears, limitations. And also, there's so much on their plate now. There is so much on their plate now. There's so many things they have to manage and master. So take that seriously. Wow. What a powerful way to end. I mean, that whole shift from up, down to face to face. And yeah, the parent still is the parent. That, That never changes. But to suddenly look at each other eye to eye. What a beautiful place. And a powerful thought to end with. Thank you so much for your time, Dina. This has been eye-opening and so much food for thought. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. Thank you for listening to Makeshift. Enjoy this episode. Share it with your friends. Have a comment to share about this episode, a topic you'd like to discuss, or a guest to suggest? We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at familyfirst.com or at mishpacha.com slash makeshift where you can also subscribe to receive updates and new episodes. This episode was produced by Jag in Detroit Podcasts. Makeshift, a Mishpacha podcast.